You are now entering the no sin zone. I can't believe you just How'd said you, that. Would you, did you like that, Paul? <laughs> that was good. You gotta be dramatic. This is, uh, this is That'll Preach. Uh, we are pushing the envelope on culture and theology. It's pretty bold that we say we're pushing the envelope. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost I like- I just realized that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't so, mean, yeah, it's just like self-proclaimed. Nah. Right, right. But maybe it'll we catch We think we're on. being edgy. We think we're being edgy, <laughs> self-consciously. Right. I'm Brian Zhang. I lead the college ministry and adult education at Four Oaks Midtown in Tallahassee. And I'm joined by Paul Rescala, PhD student studying philosophy at the Florida State University. Paul. How you doing? Doing fantasmorific. You ready to get uh, controversial here? You ready to we're get? Gonna, we're going to talk about a vice that uh, is very uncomfortable to talk about mm. uh, because it's very challenging. So if you guys are just joining us, we're doing a series on the seven deadly sins, or we call them the seven deadly vices, mm -hmm. because we feel like it's important to name sin, not just saying, you know, I sin generally abstractly somewhere out there, but mm -hmm. these are the actual specific things in my life. And and once you do that, you can confess them and then you can ask God to help you with them and you can actually change your life and you can become a person that isn't just avoiding sin, but pursuing good, pursuing mm. righteousness and all those good things. And that's ultimately the goal. We want to be transformed as people. And this is a great way to really have some self-awareness about ourselves, put some names and some identification on all these sins that pester us through life. Today, we got a good one, don't we? Mm. We are going to be talking about greed. Or avarice. Or avarice. Be super pretentious. Avarice Levine, famous rock star. <laughs> that was terrible. That was ridiculous. Okay, greed. Yep. Creed. <clears throat> Creed. Mm. Greed. Creed. Do people still listen to Creed? No. <laughs> no. As I like, as I like hide my huge collection. <laughs> no. I would, you know, they're from Tallahassee. Wait, really? Yeah, they went to FSU. Wow, we got Creed and T-Pain. Right. I don't know if we want to claim T-Pain. Well. Tallahassee's got its. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. Which one do you want, T-Pain or Creed? I'll be T-Pain. It's true. You were <laughs> T-Pain for Halloween. That was awkward. That's right. Anyway, let's talk about greed. Um, really tough because when you talk about money, hmm. that's really. It hurts. It hurts. And yeah. it doesn't really matter how much money you have. It always hurts. I, mm -hmm. I remember we were uh, filming for a film project this uh Billionaire mm -hmm. out in San Francisco, penthouse downtown. I mean, just literally, like, just so rich, right? And let's just say he had a billion, one billion dollars. Mm -hmm. One of the things he said was that he's always, he'll wake up with anxiety about losing his money. And I'm like, if you lost half your money, mm -hmm. you would still have $500 million. That's an insane amount of money. So, there's never any amount where you just feel like you're good, mm. right? And so greed is attached to that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, attached is a very appropriate word. And a lot of times with greed, it the only limit on our greed is just our ability to, you know, satisfy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like we, we would take more. We just don't have the ability to do it right mm. so we're not really that virtuous you know we're just broke yes. right yeah but but the, the the heart of greed can still be there you don't have to be rich to be greedy right, right? especially if so just to like throw a definition on the table because we're good philosophers greed is the or excessive attachment with money so it's when you are afraid or um 
any anything threatens your possessions, it doesn't so it doesn't even have to be money, just possessions in general. Um, feeling like if any of that is lost to you, then you're gonna freak out or something massive is is lost. So you're so tightly attached to your money and your possessions um, that you're not gonna willingly part with them. So greed is that. And so like, like you pointed out, like you can be greedy with $5, you can be greedy with a billion. It's the same spirit on the inside that's leading to those. And it's the inability to part with it. It's the like excessive attachment. It's the, uh, when Jesus talks about the rich man not being to enter the kingdom of heaven with the riches, um, like a camel going through an eye of a needle. There it's like, you can't rid yourself of the possessions of the riches and you want to take them with you everywhere you go. So, so greed is kind of getting at that idea. Hopefully that clarifies a little, a little bit. Well, you know, when you think about greed, it's really about control mm -hmm. and independence. Oh yeah. Money represents that for us. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to a certain extent, you want to be prudent. You want to be wise with your money. I mean, mm -hmm. the proverb, the book of Proverbs talks about being foolish with your money and you, you know, if you don't work, you'll be poor, right, you right. know, poverty will come upon you. So there, you know, this is not saying that money is evil or that hard work is evil or that budgeting is wrong or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it is talking about a hard condition of it's, it, it's different. You can see money as a tool, mm -hmm. which is neutral depending on how you use it. Yep. Or you can see money as in a sense, your savior. Mm that because I have money, I don't need God. Right. That's essentially when you break it down, you're, you're saying that. Mm -hmm. And money does give that that illusion of absolute control oh, yeah. of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think what the Bible points to, especially books like Ecclesiastes, is, you know, I love in Ecclesiastes, it basically says that, let's say you become rich. Well, your son could be an idiot or the person you pass on your business could be an idiot. He'll ruin your company and you'll disappear <laughs> and all his riches will be gone. Yeah. So you work so hard just for an idiot to ruin it. That's not like a parable. That's like, that happens. Right, right, <laughs> that's right. not just like hypothetically, <laughs> you know, that's literally what happens. And so greed is is this, this desire to really be self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. With the irony being all that money came from God anyways. Right, exactly. Right. And so when we end up treating the money as if it's totally our own and using... Um, Using everything in this self-serving way, we forget that God is actually the one who's in possession of all of our possessions. And so we flip again. A lot of these vices are us taking the role of God in the world, where with vainglory, we rob God of glory. With um, envy, we rob God of his authority to give gifts to people and talents as he wants to. And with greed, we basically say, okay, Whatever possessions I have, I acquired those on my own. And so those totally belong to me rather than God actually owns everything and I'm just merely stewarding it for my sake and then also for other people who don't have as much as I do. So we'll talk a little bit about like um, generosity and justice at the end. But yeah, just, just to your point about God being the one who's actually in possession of all of this, uh, greed does invert that hierarchy. Think about the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. Give us our daily bread. Right. Give us what we need. And we need a lot less than we think we do. Mm. There's a difference between a need and a want. Yeah. And we we can sometimes self-justify and say, why well, I, I can't be generous or it's not greed. I'm being a good steward. You know, 
And really it's like, well, are you conflating need and want? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Are you conflating a certain status? Right. (laughs) I'm just, neither have I. I'm just just saying hypothetically, hypothetically, if people out there are weird like this. Right, right. Right. If they struggle with this. Mm -hmm. um, But we can sometimes say, you know, what when we say, well, we've got to look out for ourselves. What we're really saying is, no, there's like a a level of status I want to be seen Mm. at. There's a, you know, a, a type of way people want i want people to look at me yeah just for my own sake i want to feel this way about myself and you really have to ask yourself man how much of this is just vanity mm. or vainglory as we as we discuss yeah. another episode yeah, yeah. and and you know when you think about what you actually need uh i love what rebecca de young talks <clears throat> about in glittering vices everyone pick up that book we've been we've been <laughs> yeah. like i feel like plugging it to no them. End. yeah yeah is that we can say, we can think we're being generous when really we're just giving our leftovers. Like mm. we weren't going to use it anyways. Right, right. So you can go have it. Mm-hmm. Like we've got this extra money. We don't need it. We Instead of being sacrificial in our giving, instead of exactly. really chipping away at, you know, if you're saying, well, I'm going to give away enough that I can still feel rich and better than other people. Or right. something, you know, it's like, well, right. that doesn't count. Right. You, it's, it's actually supposed to sting a little bit to humble mm. you to go, no, 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 it really isn't about me. Mm. And I'm not gonna be possessed by this stuff, Yeah, right? And so it's not even just the amount you give, it's how you give. Oh yeah, absolutely. Think about the the widow who goes right. and gives two pennies at right. the temple. She puts in two pennies and then Jesus tells everybody, this woman put in more than anybody else. People were giving, you know, the equivalent of millions of dollars. Right. And the disciples were like, whoa, hang on. Did you not see that guy put like the check for two million? Jesus goes, he's giving out of his riches. He's giving out of his excess. Right. She gave out of her poverty. She gave right. everything she had. Right. So there, what's being, so you're not praiseworthy. Jesus' point there is you're not praiseworthy if you give money from your excess. That's not, there all you're doing is saying, well, I've, I've got enough for myself. I've got more than enough for myself. Oh, I've got this extra stuff here. I'll give a slice of that away. That's not what the gospel's call to giving looks like. It, it's more like that radical widow's giving where we give out of our poverty. We give out of like even what we need. And so it's something that's felt. It's something that does feel like a sacrifice. If it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, then maybe we aren't giving as much as we should be. You could even say that those two pennies or whatever mm-hmm. equivalent, the, the little coins that she gives, that's not going to fund temple right. reconstruction. Right. That's not going to fund... A revival, hmm. you know, we, it's so hard to detach it from pragmatism. Why, why even give this much if it's not going to help? And Jesus is like, first of all, your billion dollars, I don't need, hmm. right? I don't right. need any of your money. Okay. Hmm. And it's amazing that Jesus notices her mm-hmm. and he's compassionate towards her and he marvels at her faith. Do you think Jesus is just going to leave you dry hmm. if you give, hmm. if you give sacrificially? I love that he notices. Yeah. He sees that. And That's he's pleased with it. So for us to say, well, you know, if I give to the poor, if I give to the pregnancy center, if I give to the church, if I give to missionaries and mm-hmm. it hurts a little bit, well, then God's just going to leave me. Mm-hmm. For doing what? For doing what he loves? Mm. For giving to what he loves? For giving to, the, to, to, for obeying him? Yeah. You know, and you see in that with the, with the, with the encounter with the widow, mm. Jesus notices and he sees her heart and he's greatly pleased and he's not going to, you know, go against her. Hmm. So this is an act of 
of trust and pulling us away from this sense of thinking that we can control our lives. Hmm. Um, but it, greed isn't just affecting us and how we view ourselves or God, but think about how it affects other people. Like talk about how, how greed instrumentalizes people. Hmm. Well, so there's a couple ways that like greed can actually end up like undermining the role between like money and people. So as a general principle, we should use money to love people, not use people to further our love of money. Right. That's one thing that Rebecca Young says. And I mean, it's, it's a principle that like is inverted when we like are greedy or when we express greedy um, behavior or just manifestations in general. But it ends up leading to, you think of like the people who are the most greedy, it's like a gateway drug or a gateway sin to other kinds of sin as well, where once you love money to that extent, then you'll cheat to get money. You'll lie. You'll trample over people. You'll steal it. You may even like commit murder to make sure that people don't get in the way. Like it is, it is this kind of like, this is why scripture talks about the love of money being a root of all kinds of evil. It does just like lead in this gateway fashion to all these other kinds of sins. But also, um, church history has has looked at greed in a, in a very radical way. Um, it is theft for us to use money on our luxuries when there are people who still don't have their necessities being met. So the money that goes to my donuts and coffee could go to actually providing necessities for somebody else. And that's one thing that is extremely difficult to hear. Even as I'm saying this, like, I think of like all the ways in which like- And you're eating a donut while you're saying it. That's I'm, uh, disgusting, I'm, I'm drinking Paul. a Coke oh, though. How Diet could, Coke, which that, is terrible. That Diet Coke belongs to a kid without lunch right now. Well, I wouldn't give him Diet Coke. Yeah, I'd probably, probably give him true. something better. Yeah. But the, the, the point still stands- Coconut like, water. Coke what? Coconut water. Ah. Yeah. It's disgusting. I'd never feed coconut water to anybody. Not well. But so, the point still stands that like there is a kind of like in the West, we've been so like inoculated against the suffering that the rest of the world feels that our luxuries, and we, we were like more inclined to spend money on our luxuries than we are towards helping alleviate like the horrible conditions where $2 for me is just a cup of coffee, but $2 for someone in Africa could be the difference between subsistence and starvation. And I think beginning to get into that mindset where we sometimes think that giving to charity is like over and above the call of duty. Like, man, look at how amazing this person is. They just gave some money to charity. Whereas like the Bible talks about giving to the poor is like an obligation. Like you are wrong if there are people that don't have their necessities being met and you're spending money on lavishness and luxury and it's it really is just like there's no good answer to that in the west where we like spend lots of money in this way to like satisfy wants that we could totally live without rebecca de young talks about how when she moved into a new apartment she noticed that the closet was only eight inches deep and she was like how could anybody ever like fit anything in here and she remembered that like Back in the 50s and 60s, people owned two dresses or two shirts. And so you only needed that much space and people lived totally fine. Now you think of like, how much closet space does our clothing have? 
Everybody's got 10 shirts, 10 pairs of pants, 10 pairs of shoes. All your muscle shirts. All my muscle shirts. With all Hulk Hogan and Air Jordans. People don't buy Air Jordans anymore, but yeah. People still buy Jordans. Do they? Oh well, yeah. What are you talking about? I mean, that's definitely not a wise decision. But but again, further, further evidence to our point here that like Who wouldn't want to pay five hundred dollars for a shoe? That aren't even that good. I mean, maybe arguable. Wow, we're really pushing <clears throat> the envelope here. We are pushing the envelope. But yeah, I think the the main idea there that like it's a matter of justice. It's a matter of obligation that we give to those who don't have their necessities being met. Um, it's not a matter of like, you're not a hero if you give to charity. You're just like, you're just doing your duty. We don't like praise someone as a hero for staying faithful in marriage. We're like, no, that's like, that's what you're supposed to do. So it's the same with like giving to the poor. If you see a child on the road, like about to get hit by a car and you could easily pull them out and don't do it. You're not like, you're, you'd be failing to meet your obligation. You'd be doing something wrong by letting that child get hit by a car. But every day, like over the world, there are children in similar conditions that we could help alleviate their conditions by foregoing cups of coffee or like name brand shoes or like the ridiculously expensive car that we get and we could have easily downsized to something smaller. And there's, there's a temptation to sound like overly preachy and Old Testament prophet. And I think there's something good in that. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Have I like gotten my soapbox long enough? You're getting all Old Testament preachy prophet right now. I mean, that was, that was the goal. Well, do you like my beard? I do. Um, one of the things that I thought the young did though, provide balance is she was saying that you're not, God's not calling us to imprudence to just being right. like, okay, yeah, don't sell your house. If you got four kids mm -hmm. you know, or whatever, right. we're not talking about being crazy. Uh, but God is calling us to trust. I think that's an important distinction. Mm. God wants us to be wise. We do. We're supposed to take care of our families. You know, there are there are spheres of like who we should care for. We, we can't solve every problem. We can't give money mm -hmm. to everybody. Mm. And certain people are gonna have different passions than others. And so it's not, you know, so you don't want to judge other people. Well, you're not giving to my cause, and I think that's more important. But they're giving to another one. Well, you right. you want to have charity right. with that. Charity about charity, <laughs> but I, I do think sometimes in political discourse. So if you think about the left will talk about government programs and, and we want to you know have a, a strong social safety net and, mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things. And, uh, but in, in some respects that can be, in some respects that can be alleviating us of the duty of actually us giving, you know, if it's maybe mandated of us or something like that. But then, you know, the, the often on the right, they'll say, well, you know, we don't want the government to give handouts. It should be up to communities. It should be us. Mm -hmm. You know, I, they shouldn't take taxes from me. I yeah. want, if I have my money, I should be the one giving money. Well, amen. Are you going to do that? Right. Right. So it's on both sides. There's a blind spot. Mm. And so, you know, I, I believe in freedom. I think we should, you know, market economy. I think that's good stuff. But we do have to, especially as Christians, have a gut check and go, okay, Let's are we let, actually doing? Let's this? put the politics yeah. aside. If you're free to do it, mm -hmm. would you actually do it? Mm -hmm. And again, that's a habit you develop. That's a right. habit you develop when you don't have money. Mm -hmm. right? I don't think there's ever been a case where someone just became generous when they got rich. Yeah. That they started not being generous mm -hmm. when they were poor and didn't have money, and then they got money and then they became rich. Like otherwise, lottery winners would be just like the best people. And instead, what happens? They blow all the money on stupid yep. stuff. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So again. The best time to cultivate this is now, mm. you know, when 
maybe you know it's it may even be in a sense a little easier to give because it takes less to be self-sacrificial or or you know maybe it's not as daunting as when you have you know tons of money and all this stuff hmm. but you want to cultivate that in your life it's true that for most people like most people listening to this podcast who have access to something that can play a podcast are going to be in a vastly superior position than most of the other people in the developing world. So wherever we are on that spectrum, we can always like cut out of our whatever we give towards luxury spending. And that just means like nights out, movies, coffees, like expensive, whatever. Like there, there's a kind of like, there's so there's two things that we can say there. There's there's we should be and do more to provide for the necessities of people who don't have necessities met. But also like the Christian life is kind of like calling us to something a little bit less distracting than the American dream is pushing us towards. That there is something beautiful and like simplicity and not letting like um, American standards take hold of us and shape our life. And um, I think we've lost a little bit of that given that like we're just living in the West and we're so privileged and we've got extravagant lifestyles and um, it takes a lot less to be happy. And this is not about poverty. Right. This is not about becoming poor right. to please. Right. It's about, in a sense, it's about gratitude. Oh, yeah. And it's about turning from greed to generosity. Hmm. Y- you know, th- there's there's nothing in itself wrong with being rich. Mm-hmm. It's what's your attitude towards your riches. Right. And if you think about God, God is so generous with his gifts. Mm-hmm. God is so just overwhelmingly giving of himself, of everything to us. He gives us life and breath and everything. And so part of discipleship, part of following Christ is going to be understanding that. It's going to be saying, everything I have in my life is a gift. Mm -hmm. I don't have ownership over this. It's not really mine. Right. And I'm so grateful that I have what I have. Mm. So I want to just give it to people. Mm -hmm. I want people to be blessed by it. And I think there's a joy in that. Mm. Um, Let's talk practice. Oh, yeah. One of the things that is challenging every week is tithing Mm -hmm. or however you want to talk about it, giving, if you don't, whatever. But, uh, you know, I love Paul. He's just (laughs) like, look, I'm not even going to talk about the tithe. You should give more than the tithe. You -hmm. You should give cheerfully and joyfully and overabundantly, Mm -hmm. Right. And don't be mopey about it. Don't don't treat it like the church tax. Like, mm. got to give it to Uncle Sam, you know. That's a terrible idea. Don't even give mm. if you're going to be like that, right? You should give joyfully. It should be fun mm. for you to give, something you delight in. Uh, but how do we get to that attitude? What are some practical steps we can do? Again, like with this same theme of from the outside in, sometimes we have to do the thing even if we don't feel like it. So part of like building the virtue of generosity, the virtue of justice is doing the correct action and then doing it over and over and over again, such that a habit and a new rut begins to be formed in our hearts so that like this way of life becomes second nature. So a few like just practical things, make a breakdown of your monthly expenses, like sit down at the end of the month and see how much goes to my necessities, how much goes to things that are frivolous or luxurious. And even if we took a commitment to take whatever we spent on luxuries, cut that in half and gave that to charity, that would already be a huge step. I think for a lot of us, that would be difficult in and of itself. But think about it. 
We're not taking from rent. We're not taking from like gas or any of the necessity payments, just taking luxury stuff, taking that, cutting it in half and donating. So that's, that's an easy first step. Um, some people take like one or 2% pledges to donate parts of their salary to charities like World Vision or Compassion or Project Healthy Children, lots of these charities that do work in um, giving children iodine pills or just nutrition in general. Another thing is to fast from like consuming. So like sometimes we just like we'll spend hours on Amazon or looking through magazines or like home improvement shows and that like feeds and builds into this, this like we're attracted to this life of glamour and like products and that's not always healthy for our psychology. It makes it difficult for us to be generous when we're constantly looking at shoes and clothes and electronics. Comparison. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. So just like if, if that's a problem, it might not be for everyone, but if that is a problem, like just like with social media, if that is a problem, you can take a step and, and fast from that. Um, well, it and, makes us feel like we're the needy ones. Well, I need I need five yeah. of these. Yeah. Right. It's the confusing the need and the want. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When there's actual needs. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then just giving boldly and giving frequently and giving God the best, getting into that habit where we're not giving God leftovers. We're giving God from the best before we spend any money any month. We, we designate this is money that's going to go to God. It's going to go to people. It's going to go to help the world. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to try to cultivate generosity and pry myself from this uh, attachment to my possessions because they're not mine. Um, C.S. Lewis in his book, Screwtape, where the demon is giving all the advice to the newer demon on how to like tempt Christians. He says, take the Christian and teach him that all senses of the word my are the same. My boot, my shoe, my money, my children, my wife, and confuse in him what possession looks like so that he forgets that things are from God. Hmm. So sometimes this can be like, we're tempted to conflate the word my and just like, be, believe that everything is ours in this robust sense when really scripture teaches us that God gives us things and we're stewards to distribute them appropriately, both for our needs, the needs of our children, and for the needs of clothe the one who is naked, give to the one who is hungry, uh, give water to the one who's thirsty. And in doing so, Jesus said, we actually do give to them. We give to Jesus when we do these things. We When we visit him in jail, when we clothe and feed the hungry, so it's not, it's not a tangential part of Christianity. This is at the core. And because ultimately it does come down to this freedom from self-reliance. And greed is ultimately about self-reliance. Everything is mine. And I'm so paralyzed from thinking about what would happen if I lost some control over my possessions when really giving trust to God means giving him over money, possessions, everything, and trusting that he will take care of us. And in that, actually, we will become more happy. That'll preach. That'll preach. Or maybe it'll get you thrown out. <clears throat> well, yeah. well, you could be greedy with more than just your money. You can That's be greedy true, yeah. with your, your affections, time. your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, this has a lot of widespread applications. Mm. Great thoughts though. Very challenging. Uh, I encourage us all to think about this. I mean, man, I mean, gosh, it just, <laughs> <laughs> these, lot, these yeah. things hammer you, oh, but, yeah. but it is, it's that good kind of hammering where, mm. where it's chipping away at the places where we just don't want to tread because we know heaven forbid we might get convicted and change mm, that's a good phrase <laughs> right right but uh great thoughts uh once again if you enjoy this podcast subscribe if you haven't already and let people know about this we love for more people to hear 
what we have. Thank you for listening.